Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. I'll tell you the reason I tell people about this church is because this is not normal. Right? You, you realize that, right? This is, this is not normal. This is not your normal church. I mean, man, to see people saved every week and see people baptized. I'm 57 years old. I've been in several churches. And I'm telling you, I have never seen God move like he's been moving the last four years in this place. Amen. I think we just need to, yeah, celebrate him. And man, what a church, what a church staff. We're going we're to miss our pastor and Anthony. We, we know who's in charge, right? It's Aaron. But, uh, no, but, but Aaron and the, you know, the kids deal there and the kids director. And then you've got Pastor Anthony. You've got Pastor Zach. You've got Pastor David, which could have preached. You've got Pastor Dominic, which could have preached today. But uh, uh, I guess they were both busy. But uh, we're just thankful to be here with you guys. Man, it is an honor to be able to celebrate this morning. And uh, listen, I, I'm one of those guys that I preach fast, you listen fast, and we'll be at Shawnee's in about 20 minutes, right? So let's do it. Um, first of all, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessings upon this morning, right? Lord, thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness and your grace. And God, I pray that you'd give me grace this morning as I speak. I pray that you would bring to my memory, Lord, the things that I've studied this week, the things you've given me. God, I pray that you would make preaching easy. But most of all, God, I pray that people would hear your word this morning. People would respond to your word this morning. And God, that you would get glory for yourself and glory for your son. In Jesus' precious name, and all of God's people said, amen. amen. If you've got your Bibles or you've got a clicker, whether it's your phone or iPad or whatever you use, notepad or whatever, turn to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to skip kind of pass by John this morning. Uh, I know that's Anthony's thing, and I'd hate to add to you know, one of those 175 uh, messages he's going to do in the book of John. So I'm going to skip that. Uh, but I wanted to, uh, and by the way, it's actually very, very good. I love hearing him preach through the book of John. Isaiah chapter 9. It's a Christmas. Uh, most of the time this is read at Christmas. But Isaiah chapter 9, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me there. And I'm going to read chapter, chapter 9, verse 6 and verse 7, if you're taking notes. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. The Bible says this, for a child is born into us, a son is given, the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and his government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity, and the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen how many of you either uh have kids or was a kid at one time <laughs> pretty much all of you that's amazing when uh, zach was about 16 years old and I, I love telling this story but when he was about 16 years old i come home one day and i opened the front door and uh, I, I heard what seemed to be a waterfall in my house literally it was basically like a waterfall i looked around and in front of the fireplace coming from the lights up above and, and through the sheetrock and everything was 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 a waterfall just i mean just pouring through down onto the floor the wood floor it was just a complete mess and i thought well man Obviously, there's some busted pipes somewhere, right? So I run upstairs only to find out that Zach had brushed his teeth and left the water running and went to school. 
And so it had been running for a half a day. And so by the time I got home, man, it had ran and had messed up the, the upper floor there, the cabinets, you know, the, the, the floor on the bottom, you know, the wood floor there, the, sh the sheetrock, the insulation. It was a just a complete mess. So really the only good thing that come out of it was is that Zach brushed his teeth, right? But I mean, it was a complete mess. It just messed everything up. Then we had to get a company called ServPro. You might have heard of them. They come in and they hang these big plastic things up all through your living room. And they put these big chicken fans up. Man, it blows like a big old. And this thing lasted about seven to ten days before we got rid of them. It was just a complete mess in my house. But do you know what's even more of a mess? You know what this morning is in more of a mess than that was? Our country. Our country, we're in a mess, right? We're in a mess. It was kind of the same. There's moral decay. There's internal, uh, international conflict. There's social injustice, political corruption, domestic abuse. And you can say, you could say that we live in a disaster zone. Well, it was the same way back in Isaiah's time. They live basically in a disaster zone as well. It was dark. The times were dark. They were evil. It was dim. It was awful back in Isaiah's time. And into, the, into this, into this awful, uh, terrible, evil country, Isaiah prophesies. And here's what he said. Hey, listen. I know it's bad. I know things look bad. But listen. There's going to be a child born. There's going to be a son given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now listen, this was 700 years before Jesus was born. Now get that. Just for, just, let's just stay here just, just, just a second. 700 years before Jesus. Do you know why the Bible is true? For many, many reasons. But one reason that it proves itself true is because the prophecies that happened 700 years ago happened. They actually took place, right? That's why we can have all the faith that we need to have in this book right here. It's because the prophecies absolutely come true. Now, he says, a child is born. A son is given. Let me just tell you this right quick. God's people had to wait 700 years for this little baby boy. Hey, you want some good news this morning? We don't have to wait any longer. He was born 2,000 years ago, and hey, we have access to all these good things that Isaiah said about the little baby. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. He's a Prince of Peace. Now, don't miss this. This is the way Isaiah starts off talking about this little boy, right? He says this, a child is born, but a son is given. A child is born, but a son is given. What that means basically is, is that God wrapped his little boy in flesh, in flesh, and a virgin conceived. And let me just tell you this, God that day gave us the greatest gift that's ever been given. Amen? The greatest gift that's ever been. Been given. I don't, be, I don't know about you, but I, I, love, I love gifts. I love to give gifts, right? But even better, I like getting them, right? right? I mean, you know, it, it says more blessed to, to give than to receive. Not in this case. God gave the greatest. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have ever 
lasting life. Sometimes it's better to receive, especially when it's talking about this little baby boy. It's better to receive him. The book of John that Anthony preaches out of every week for the last three months. Uh, it says in chapter 1, For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons and daughters of God. I'm going to be honest with you, man. This little gift, the gift of Jesus Christ has changed my life forever. And I hope, and my prayer is, that he's changed your life forever. Let's go on. It says, Isaiah keeps going, and he says, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And I want to read verse 7 again. I want you to read it with me. And the government will be upon his shoulder. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Let me remind you over here just for a second. Jesus is king. In case you hadn't heard that in a while, Jesus is king. And I'll remind you over here, listen, Jesus is king. He's king. He's not a president. He's not a senator. Thank goodness. He's not a president, thank goodness. He's not a U.S. congressman. Listen, he's not a prime minister. He is king of kings. And the problem we have sometimes, I guess, uh, with this is because none of us were raised in a kingdom, right? We don't really understand a whole lot about a kingdom. We were born into a democracy. So a kings and kingdoms are, are a little bit far-fetched to some degree. But he is the king. And if you were to ask me this morning what the Bible is about, if you're taking notes, if you were to ask me this morning what the Bible is about in one sentence, you ever thought about that? In one sentence, could you describe what the Bible is about? It's about a king a kingdom and the king's kids it's about a king a kingdom and the royal family that's what the Bible is about the Bible is not about a religion let me repeat that again the Bible is not about a religion it's about a king and lots of people think that this king is only going to be king that Jesus is only going to become king when the millennial happens He's not king yet, but let me remind you really quick that Jesus was king before he was born. He was king when he was born. He's king after he's born. He's king today. He's king tomorrow. And he'll be king in the future. He's king of kings forevermore. He's a king. Gail Irwin writes this about the government of God, both right now and ultimately in the future. She says, what, what might such a government look like? Well, first of all, it would look like it's king. Politicians of this day look for what they can get from you, right? Jesus looks for what he can do for you. Leaders of this day surround themselves with servants, but Jesus served others. Leaders of this day use their power to build their wealth, but Jesus uses his power to wash your feet and make you clean. Leaders of this day seem to take and take and take but God so loved that he gave, gave, gave. Generals of this day seem to enjoy wars, but Jesus brings about peace and rest to hearts. The more important one becomes in this world, the more inaccessible he becomes. But Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us, or God among us. 
Leaders of this day are desperate to be seen and heard, but Jesus was anonymous so he could be useful. And actually, his government shows its workings in wonderful ways. Listen, whenever I see somebody that has been miraculously healed from addiction, whether it be alcohol or drugs, I know and I can see that they're governed by God, right? Whenever I see loving Christians gently caring for orphans and wid widows, I know I am watching people who are governed by God. Whenever I, I see people learning the Bible or worshiping God, I know that they're governed by God. When I see people give up lucrative careers to go overseas or even uh, here in America somewhere to share the good news of the gospel with people that's not heard, I know that they're governed by God. So indeed, the government is alive and working, often silently, and mostly unseen. We can, we can be and are by choice governed by God. Hope, joy, peace, and rest cover its subjects in its kingdom. Justice, mercy, and grace amazingly coexist in this kingdom. I gotta be honest with you, I love the kingdom of God. I love living in the, the kingdom of God. I love this kingdom. And let me just say this, the borders are open. Welcome home. Welcome in. Jesus is king. Now, the New Testament says this and actually refers to him being king in several different places. But one particular place, you'll remember the wise men came and they said, where is this, uh, this one that's born what? King of the Jews, right? Where's this one born king of the Jews? It scared Herod so much that he had all the babies killed that were two years old and younger. And then I believe that the disciples believed with all their heart that Jesus was king. In Matthew chapter 16, you can look at this if you want to. Matthew chapter 16, I think it starts around verse 13 there. The disciples and Jesus were in uh, Caesarea Philippi, and, and Jesus asked the disciples a very interesting question. See, he, he said this. He said, hey, who do men say that I am? Remember what the disciples said? Ah, oh, they said some of you, you know, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say you're, you're uh, Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're other prophets. And Jesus said this, but who do you say that I am? And remember Peter, he spoke up. And he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said these words, listen, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father which is in heaven has revealed it to you. And he says this, Jesus said these words, upon this rock, upon the rock of this proclamation that you've just said, upon this rock, Jesus said, I'm going to build what? I'm going to build what? My church, he said. I'm going to build my church upon this rock, upon this proclamation that you just said, Peter. Now, I wanted to share something with you really quick. The, the church, the word church in the Greek is ekklesia. Many of you probably already know that. Ekklesia is the Greek word for church. And so when Jesus said, listen, I'm going to build my ecclesia, it's really a political word. It's really a word that uh, is used by kings. And, it, and, and what it is, ecclesia is a group of people that a king will uh, get together and appoint 
to go out into a community or the kingdom and to share the king's mind. That's what an ecclesia is. That's what a church is. It's a group of people that have been chosen or appointed by a king to go out into the community or into the kingdom and share the mind of the king. Now the disciples understood there that Jesus was king because that's what he said, I'm going to build my church. Uh, they, they knew that the Greeks had used that word. They, that was actually a Greek word. They knew the Romans, had, they, they, the Romans, they had a king, a Caesar. Uh, they used the word ecclesia. Um, they even had a king themselves, Herod, and he was their king. But they knew what that word meant. And they knew by him using it that he was king. The word ecclesia means an appointed group of people chosen by the king to go out into the community and to share the mind of the king. So let me tell you what it doesn't mean. Here's what church doesn't mean. Church is not about pews. It's not about chairs. It's not about a stage. Ecclesia, church, not about decorations. It's not about a choir. Ecclesia or church is not about a band. Ecclesia or church means an appointed or chosen group of people, chosen by the king, to take his word out, his mind, his thoughts out into the kingdom or the community. Let me tell you what else it doesn't mean. It, so, so many people get bent out of shape over so many things that go on, they say, at church. Oh, man. Style of music. Listen. Style of music, it doesn't matter about the style of music. Listen. Worship music, whether you like worship music or hymns. Ecclesia is not about that. It doesn't matter whether you like smoke or no smoke on stage. Doesn't matter if you like lights or if you like it dim. Doesn't matter if you like a loud preacher like Anthony or a soft speaker. Listen, Ecclesia doesn't even have anything to do with whether you're a Baptist or a Methodist or a Church of God or a Pentecostal, or whatever you want to call yourself. Ecclesia has nothing to do with those things. Let me tell you what Ecclesia is one more time. It's a group of people that's been chosen by the king to go out into the community or the kingdom and share the mind of Christ. Now, why do we meet? Well, we meet, we meet in our small groups. We meet in church to come together as an ecclesia or a church to be encouraged by one another and pray for one another, right? Meet together and talk and share with one another what's going on out in the community. Every week, Anthony says five words, and I know you're going to know what these five words are, but at the end of every sermon or every message, he says five words. Connect church. You are sent. You are sent. And that's exactly why he says that. It's because we're an ecclesia, we're a church. We're to go out and tell about the mind of Christ. Now, he's a king, and we're his kingdom. 
the same one that Isaiah prophesied about 700 years ago. He was born, and the government, Isaiah said, shall be upon his shoulders. And then Isaiah says, this gift is going to be a wonderful counselor. Now, why would he mention that? Because in chapter 8, just a, one chapter over, Isaiah says this, And when, when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? So the times were so evil and so dark in Isaiah's time. Listen. That even the people there, even God's, some of God's people started looking for, to mediums and started looking to wizards and started calling on the dead on behalf of the living. And Isaiah said, no, 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 no. That's not where you get your counsel. Should not a people seek their God, Isaiah says. Now, let me ask you this morning, seriously. I want you to think about it just for a minute. Where do you get your counsel? Where do you get your wisdom? Facebook? Twitter? TikTok? MSNBC? CNN? Fox News? Google? Your hairdresser? I mean, where do you get your counsel? Where do you get your, where do you get your wisdom? I want to share something with you here. And, and I want you to, if you're, taking, if you're taking notes, write this down. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Listen, this is my go-to. I love this. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its, in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I'm going to just pick out a couple pieces of that right there, and I'm going to read them again. Listen to this. Blessed is the man his delight, that whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, and his, blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And whatever he does will prosper. James says these words, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, because he giveth willingly, and he will not, he will not withhold it. The nation of Judah was getting ready to be overtaken by the nation of Assyria. And they were scared and they were confused and they didn't know whether, you know, they were coming or going. They didn't know whether God was for them or against them. So it was in this scenario that Isaiah says this, man, baby's going to be born. And his, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. I want to read you something right quick from Charles Spurgeon. I want you to really pay attention. Man, this was just so good. This hit me so hard. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon says. Christian, do you know what sweet counsel is? You have gone to your master in the day of trouble, and in the secret of your chamber you have poured out your heart before him. You've laid your case before him with all its difficulties, and you have felt 
that though Christ was not there in flesh and blood, yet he was right there in spirit and he counseled you. You have felt that it was his counsel that came from the very heart, but he was something better than just that. There was such a sweetness coming from his counsel, such a radiance of love, such a fullness of fellowship that you said, oh, that I were in trouble every day if I might have counsel such as this. This counsel is so good. Man, I wish I had trouble every day. Christ is the counselor, but whom do I desire to consult with every hour? And I would that I could sit in his secret chambers, Spurgeon says, in his secret chamber all day long and all night long because to counsel with him is to have sweet counsel, hearty counsel, and wise counsel all at the same time. Can I give you a really strong suggestion this morning? Counsel with Jesus. I want to encourage you this morning to counsel with Jesus. He wants to counsel with you. Uh, I wasn't going to tell this, but I'm going to go ahead and tell it anyhow. Uh, me and my wife had our 37th uh, wedding anniversary this past week. Um, and uh, which is, you know, pretty big deal. A lot of people not making it 37 years anymore. And, uh, you know, she looks 37. I look 137. It's a little bit of difference there. But anyhow, uh, it was a great, uh, you know, a great, great time. We went out and had dinner and whatnot. You know, I think it was Wednesday night. It's December the 7th. It's also her birthday, by the way. So we got married on her birthday. Um, December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day. War lives on. But anyhow, uh, no, but we, we got married on that day, and so we celebrated this week on Wednesday, and then Thursday, man, we got into it. We got into it. I mean, you ever just get into it with your wife? I mean, your husband's wife? I mean, we kind of got into it just a little bit. Had a little conflict going on there, and, and here I was. I, I was at a, at, was at a uh, kind of a strip mall there, and I was walking around and around that mall, and I was, I was praying, God, wasn't praying about the situation. I was praying about my message. I'm like, God, you're going to have to touch this message. You're going to have to give me the words to say. You're going to you're gonna have to, you know, you're going to have to bless this thing. You're going to have to speak through me. God, use me. You know, what, you know what he said? I was counseling with Jesus. You know what he said? Go talk to your wife. I was like, Lord, I ain't got time. I'm praying to you right now. <laughs> and I, so I go back to pray. I'm like, God, you know, bless this message. God, touch the people, Lord. Change their lives. Go call your wife. <sighs> you know, First Peter says, if you're, listen, First Peter said about chapter 3, there's one. You can't even talk, your, your prayers are hindered if there's conflict between you and your wife. And I knew what Peter said. So guess what I do? Guess what I do? 
I go call my wife. I called her and I said, baby, look. I'm so... I'm so... I'm so... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what she said? Thank you. And we moved right on. And man, I'm just telling you, then I had some sweet counsel with Jesus. You know what I know about this group in here this morning? Some of you fought on the way here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some of you fought with your, with your spouse on the way here because it's like getting the kids ready. It's like, oh, you know, and, and, and look, I just want to encourage you to counsel with Jesus. Counsel with him. And he will change your marriage. He'll change your life. He'll change your friends. He'll change everything around you if you'll just spend time with him. And let me just right quick just throw this in. It won't cost you anything. Get an accountability partner. I know I've said this before, but get you an accountability partner. Let me tell you what an accountability partner is not. It's not somebody that you go to and you got, man, I got problems with my wife. I'm telling you, she's blah, 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 blah. And your accountability partner's over here going, man, I got a problem with my wife too, man. She's blah, 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 blah. No, that's not the kind of accountability partner you want. The accountability partner that you want is when you say, listen, man, I'm having some trouble at home. I'm having some problems at home. And your accountability partner says, listen, let's pray. Let's pray. Let me pray for you. And he takes you before the throne of God. And he guides you and he leads you. And you know, God gives us wisdom like that. God gives us accountability partners. Not only does he, Isaiah mention he's a, a wonderful counselor, but he also says he's a mighty God. Now other nations and other gods, they had, they had trusted other gods and They'd even turn some of the Jews into trusting their gods. Some of these gods were, were man-made. Now listen, this is so weird. But it, it, does it not just ridiculous for somebody to trust a god that they've made? It'd be like you going out in your front yard with a chainsaw and cutting the top out of a tree and then cutting the limbs off all of it. And also all you've got left is a stub and you cut out a couple of eyes and a nose and a smiley face and you throw your saw over the side and you get on your knees and start worshiping this thing. That's exactly how, that sounds ridiculous. That's exactly how ridiculous it is. And it was back in Isaiah's day. But Isaiah said, no, no, no. You don't understand. The, the little boy that's going to be born is a mighty God. He's a mighty God. The term, the Hebrew term for mighty means champion or hero. And when he comes, he's going to show up on the scenes, changing lives. And sure enough, Jesus showed right up uh, to be recognized as a mighty God by demonstrating his power over nature when he, when he filled the disciples' boats with fish. Power over disease when he healed the woman with the issue of blood and countless others. Powers over demons when he cast out demons out of the person called legion. Power over sin when he healed the lame man they had lowered, they had lowered through the roof and forgave him of his sins. Power over death when he raised a little girl from the, from the dead. Isaiah goes on to say, listen, not only is he going to be a wonderful counselor and a mighty God, but he's also going to be an everlasting father. And in ancient times, the father meant the provider, protector, not going to say a whole lot about this, but in other words, you will never, ever have a need. He is everlasting Father. He is a source 
He is your source. And then he goes into the Prince of Peace. There's a word uh, that, you know, we, you know, like this morning that we, when, when, you're, when you walked in this place, what I love about this group of people, this church, this body of, of Christ, this ecclesia, what I love about it is the fact when you walk in, you're going to be spoke to about 17 times before you get to your seat. I love that. People here, most of you are friendly. Some of you, no, but oh, you're friendly. It's a, you're a friendly bunch. It really is. Every one of you is really friendly, and I love that about you. It's awesome. But in Israel, they have another word that they greet you with. Anybody know what that word is? Shalom. And what it actually means is, is peace, but it doesn't just mean peace like, um, like a absence of war or absence of conflict what it means is a peace that's that's overwhelming a peace that's overcoming a peace that overtakes you a peace for your mind and your, your mental and emotional state and your physical state your overall well-being is what it means it's a peace that comes from living under the smile of god Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face towards you and give you peace. In other words, this little baby boy is really the only one who can bring true peace to your lives. Um, a few years ago, I wrote a book. And I know what you're thinking. Man, you're from Alabama. How are you going to write a book? But uh, it was a small book with little words. But uh, <laughs> I wrote a book. And what, what, but what brought the, uh, the book about was we were singing in um, Alabama, uh, a little small church there. And the pastor's name was Randy Wright. And Randy was a good friend of mine. Every time he would, you know, we'd go sing there, he would, he would take me back in the back somewhere, and we'd, we'd talk about, you know, singing. And we'd also exchange uh, 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 sermon ideas and all these things. And he's just a good dude, man, just a good guy. Well, Randy got cancer, and uh, he got pancreatic cancer, uh, Stage four, mastocytes, liver mastocytes, and, and uh, the last time I sat across from Randy, my good buddy, when I first met Randy, he weighed probably 185 pounds, so just a little shorter than I am. But this time I sat across from Randy. Randy weighed 119. 119. And as bad as Randy looked physically, I looked into his eyes, and Randy had a peace there that I was just, I can't, I can't describe to you. It was a peace that I don't think I'd ever seen it before. But I knew, I knew it was just a peace of God in his life. Randy knew that death 
was only just a short while away from him. He knew that death was probably weeks, and I believe it was weeks down the road. And yet he had this peace about him. A peace that the Bible says, hey, it passes all understanding. I couldn't understand it. Only Randy could understand it because he's been in that situation. And he was fixing, uh, fixing, Alabama term, he was getting ready to go to heaven. And man, did he have a peace about it. I want to ask you this morning, if you had, if you knew maybe that you had a couple of months, just a couple of months left, would there be a peace? Would there be an undeniable peace in your life, a, pay, a peace that passes all understanding? If you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that a couple months is all you had left, would there be a peace there? I want you to bow with me, if you would, just for a moment. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.